Today we're uh, talking about Peter and don't rock the boat. <laughs> don't rock the boat. I won't sing that song from the 60s. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, Peter, don't rock the boat. Matthew chapter 14, verses 18 and 19, this is our introduction to Peter, and Peter's introduction, or Jesus' introduction to Peter, and uh, our introduction to him. So Matthew 4, 4, 18 and 19. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So the first words that Jesus spoke to Peter, and just kind of give us a little background on Peter, were, come and follow me. And the last words that Jesus spoke to Peter was, you follow me. And uh, what had happened there in the last segment, Jesus was talking about John, some things that were going to take place in John's life. And Peter says, well, what's going to happen? Why is that going to happen to him and not me? And he goes on and on. And Jesus says, you follow me. Don't worry about others. And what happens to them? You follow me. So Peter is this character. Um, we know that Peter never failed in following Jesus, but we know that he often had many struggles. When Jesus entered Peter's life, this plain fisherman became a very new person with new goals and new priorities. And Peter was one of these guys, in no way was he a perfect person. Uh, he was still many times that... Um, brawny fisherman. Um, he never stopped being Peter, even whenever he was a follower of Jesus. And we know that uh, some of the characteristics of Peter was he was very impetuous. Uh, perhaps you might think of him as a little reckless in his approach to life. And again, that part of him never changed. We have whenever um, they're running to the uh, tomb after the resurrection, uh, I believe it's John that gets there first, but he doesn't go in. But Peter, he just runs right in, you know. So Peter's this impetuous, uh, temptuous person who just kind of right there is in your face or he he's, uh, doesn't mind jumping out of the boat. <laughs> so we wonder what it was in, in this man, in Peter, that made him so special that Jesus would call him to be a leader of the church. Uh, he did not often act like that rock that Jesus uh, referred him to that he would no longer be called Cephas but he would be called Peter and that important message that we see about Peter is one that we need to kind of look at in our life today Peter didn't become that rock when Jesus said thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church that Peter didn't become that stable force for many years there were a lot of situations that Came and, came and went in his life that caused Peter to gradually grow in that understanding. So Jesus chooses real people to be his followers, and real people have hang-ups. Now, I know you look around, there's not many here that have hang-ups. But anyhow, there are people who have difficulties in their life, and there are stumbling blocks and things that we trip over, and there are some parts of our character that need to be refined. Well, don't back off because you discover them or find that you have them. Peter was such a fellow. And Jesus chose people who could be changed by his love. And Peter was changed. But it took a lot to, take, to make that change happen in Peter. Now, many times, um, Rhonda, we, we, we go skiing a lot. And uh, she was 
her and her teacher friend go um, skiing, and they were, um, they have, they're having lessons, okay? Uh, that's, it's a good thing uh, <laughs> that she has lessons. <laughs> but you don't understand, we all have to have lessons. <laughs> um, and I, even whenever um, David, whenever he was racing and things, I would always, now you have to teach me what, you, you, what they taught you. And uh, so it was always interesting. But her and her friend, they go and they take lessons and uh, teach them to be a better skier. Well, yesterday, I don't know if she noticed that she said this. Um, she said, we spend a lot of time with the instructor, and when the lesson's over, we go and ski the way we always have. <laughs> uh, yes, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he was, yeah. Her, her and her friend are two peas out of the same pod. They, they go, to, oh, look at that tree. Oh, look at the snow over there. Look at the, oh, look at the mountainside across there. I mean, they're scenic skiers. That's what he said. But, and, it's, and, and it's true that you, that you may feel like nothing has changed. And that's what I say to her, to Rhonda, is that you may feel like nothing has changed, but each lesson gives you something more, gives you something more to think about, gives you a different approach, and it has changed the way that she skis. And it has changed the way in her abilities and what she does. So we all need lessons, and it's that commitment to going and a commitment to learning that takes us onward in our, in our abilities. Well, Peter is like this in his spiritual walk. Peter has been called by God. He's been changed by Jesus. But yet Peter doesn't instantly become this rock that Jesus calls him. He tells Peter at this point of his life, you will be the rock. And the rock that Peter was referring to was thou art the Christ. And upon, this, upon, um, you, know, upon you that the, you know, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father in heaven. And Jesus says to Peter, you, that rock, that truth is what I'm going to build my, tr- my church on. And Peter didn't fully understand that till some time later. Well, in our lives, God has a way of dealing with us where we're at. But God's not done with us because we're where we're at. Whether we've fallen or whether we're sky high, we still have a process to grow on. I have a foundation that we are to grow on. And when we look at Peter, he was one of these individuals that needed to grow, just like all of us. Then we'll turn to um, Matthew chapter 14, beginning of verse 22 to 33. And this, of course, is, uh, you know, there are many favorite stories in, uh, in Scripture, and this, of course, is one of mine. And this is where Peter and the disciples have been with Jesus, and Jesus um, goes up into the mountain to pray. And so as soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismisses the people. So there's been this great crowd of people and things going on, And when the crowd was dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night, and this is speaking of Jesus. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against him, and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, 
I like that. He jumped out of the boat. Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he took, but when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, Faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed into the boat. The wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshipped Jesus, saying, This is it. You are God's Son for sure. Now, if this happened to you and to you or me, how would, how, would, how would this experience change your life? Do you think that some type of event like this would change your life? First of all, you'd come back and you'd tell somebody, you know what, I was out on the lake the other day, and there was a storm come up, and I saw Jesus, and he told me to get out of the boat, and I walked on water to Jesus. Okay? Now, what are you going to think of this person? <laughs> He's a bit nuts. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. And, and, and were the other disciples there too? <laughs> you, know, we, you know, it's hard for us to imagine that these things could or did happen. I've, I've read stories about in Africa and missionaries, early missionaries, and how that they were escaping for their life and this this one individual literally ran across the river this was his story and he was running for his life he was preaching the gospel in a village and some people came into the village and they were going to kill him and he took off for his life and he ran and he literally ran across the river it's you know it's in a book i read it so i don't know if it's true or not but he said he ran across the river and those who were following him stopped <laughs> they didn't attempt to run across the river because it was infested with alligators. So he was, you know, that's his story. And so do these things happen? Could they happen? Don't know. But what are the things we have to decide if we are in a boat out on the lake and in a storm? Are we the disciples, the other ones, the 11, or are we Peter? Who would we be? See, would we be Peter or would we be the other disciples? You see, the other disciples never got out of the boat. <laughs> did you ever have a friend who just did impulsive stuff? <laughs> yeah, we'd call them stupid things. But uh, somebody who was just really impulsive, yeah, just on a whim go do something, you yeah. know, let's jump off of a roof. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I jumped off a roof. I used to jump out of the haymow. And, uh, you know, it wasn't bad whenever you're up in the rafters and the haze in the, in the, in the, in the uh, fall. You know, it's way up there top. But in the spring, when it's way down at the bottom, you got maybe one bale. And you're jumping off to hit the one bale. <laughs> you know? Then it gets a little... But that's nothing compared to... You know, what, some people riding their bikes, and, I, you know, they have, mon they even have video programs now of people doing stupid stuff, you know? You know, they launch, the guy goes up on a bike, he's riding, he's going to jump from jump, one jump to another, and he makes it halfway, <laughs> and goes down, breaks an arm, you know? Some people go skiing and do that very same thing. Uh, <laughs> meaning me, dear. <laughs> you know, um, 
I, I would always yell at, yell at David. You know, he would be going down a hill, and all of a sudden he disappeared. Like, where is he? You know, and you'd see him over the side jumping somewhere, you know. And we were, I don't know where we were at. He goes over, and he goes jumping, and all of a sudden he didn't know where he was going. And, and, the, and the trail went to the right, and he jumped straight, and there was rocks and everything there. You should have seen him up there doing one of these things, trying to... <laughs> he did it, you know. If that would have been me, I'd have been still on the rocks. So they have TV shows about it. Um, well, people in boats are boat people. Can you imagine being related to um, Peter? Because Andrew is his brother. And uh, can you imagine being related to Peter? Impetuous Peter, who's always doing reckless things. You're sitting there in a boat, and uh, it's Jesus out there. And then your brother says, Peter, if it's you, I mean, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out there. Peter, don't think about this. (laughs) Peter, don't even consider it. You're going to embarrass me again. You're going to get out of the boat and you're going to drown. Peter, sit down. Jesus, is that you? (laughs) You know, and and the other disciples say, oh, no, here goes Peter again. (laughs) You know, this guy, he's, he's, he's lost it. He's, you know, he just never can keep his mouth shut. And he's always the first one in on something to, you know, he's always got some crazy idea. Well, this is Peter, and this is kind of, this is who he is. And we have to look at our life. I mean, I'm generally not that way. I'm generally very conservative most of the time. But uh, (laughs) um, most of the time. Okay, we won't go any further than that. So all of those in the boats, all those in the boat were spectators, and Peter is the impulsive one. Now, they've all been out there all night, 4 o'clock in the morning, because they left in the evening, probably about 8, 9 o'clock, guessing at that. Now it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and here are these experienced, some of them are experienced fishermen like Peter, and they're out on the boat, they're out on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is not this Lake Erie. The Sea of Galilee is, you can see across it. I mean, it's very, very deep. But what happens is there's, there's mountains all around it, and it has, the, there's the mountains go around, and then there's this one valley that comes in from the Mediterranean Sea. And what happens is when a storm comes in from the Mediterranean, it funnels through this valley, through this pass. And that is like a funnel blowing in on the Sea of Galilee. And when it comes in there, it's like, you know, you get a straw on a glass, and it just, you know, just, so the Sea of Galilee, storms can come up very quickly, and they can be very, very turbulent. And even though it's not that large of a body of water, it becomes very dangerous. So these guys have been out there all night, 4 o'clock in the morning. They don't have a clue where they're at. Their GPS system has gone down, and they're lost. They don't know where they're at, so they're out there in the sea. And what happens? Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Everything is under the dominion of Jesus. Everything. Whether it's the sea, whether it's the breaking of the bread and feeding 5,000, whether it's healing with people who are blind or lame or deaf. It doesn't matter. Everything is under his dominion. 
And so Jesus has dominion over all of this, and so it's nothing that he comes walking on the water because he's the one who made the laws. He can break them. When Jesus came to them, they were scared. The Message Bible says they were scared out of their wits. Anybody been scared out of your wits? <laughs> and they said, it's a ghost crying out in terror. So they, you know, when you hear again, fishermen and stories and whatever, and, you know, they, they're generally not too, they're men who are not too frightened at what happens at night and in the sea. But here we have, when Jesus come walking across the sea there, across by the boat, they were scared out of the wits. Did you ever see something and thought it was one thing and it wasn't? How many of you ever been hunting? <laughs> if you've ever been hunting, you have seen lots of things that weren't what they were supposed to be. <laughs> you know, if you're hunting deer, you see this, whoa, is that a buck? <laughs> no, it's a dog. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. I remember when I was uh, on the farm, I went out hunting groundhog. You know, I was in the evenings, you know, nothing to do on the farm. <laughs> you know, in the evening, not to do something, you just, you can't sit in the house, so you go out and go hunt groundhogs. So I'm sitting on this bank, it's a long hill, and watching a fence row and whatever, and I look over, and maybe from here to the wall, there's this weed, looks just like a groundhog standing up. You know, and I look at that, and I say, I'm not going to shoot that thing, it's just a weed. I'm not getting fooled by that. And I'd look at it, and it was there, and, you know, and I'm watching down over the hill for groundhogs and look over, and it's still there. <laughs> That's a weed. That sure looks like a groundhog, but it's a weed. And I look over, and it ran in the hole. <laughs> it was a groundhog. <laughs> so often it's easy for us to see things we, we, that are not there and things that are there and talk ourselves out of them. Well, the disciples, and here it is, Jesus has come to them. Now, Jesus has done many miracles. He's done many miracles in their presence. He's done lots of things for them, but yet they still think that they're going back to their old ways. They're, they've learned many things, but they think they're in their old ways. You know, take many lessons, but we just go back and ski the way we always ski. Or we go take driver's lessons and we just go back and drive the way we've always driven. No, there are to be changes and there are changes that take place. Even if we don't think there are, there's still some things going on. Insanity. Einstein said this, I think, was Einstein. Insanity is continuing the same behavior and expecting a different result. <laughs> so if you keep doing the same thing the same way, expecting something different, you don't have it together very well. So in our lives, we've got to keep adding things to it. We've got to keep developing. We've got to keep growing in our understanding, growing in our relationships, helping ourselves and grow because we need to put these things in. If you don't put new things in, <laughs> you don't get anything new out. So the disciples were fearful. And what did Jesus do? And this is the important thing, for, again, another important thing for us to see here. Jesus comforted them. He says, courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. 
Jesus says, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. You ready? Jesus said, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. So in our lives, we are in storms, whether they be physical storms, whether they be storms of our community, storms of our lives, storms of our nation, storms of relationships. We are in these things, and God is coming to us always because he will never leave us nor forsake us. And Jesus is going to come to us, but sometimes we mistake him for something that he's not. Jesus isn't a ghost. Jesus always gives us hope. Jesus always gives us direction. He always will bring to us comfort. So we mistakenly look at the the events of life and we get fearful. We become doubtful. We become, well, we get focused on the problems. We become looking at this and they see this Jesus, but they don't recognize him for what he is. And Jesus says, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. Things are not what they seem. So Peter then, hearing this, he moves from from terror to courage, to foolishness. (laughs) Or was it foolish? See, how many people do you know have walked on water? When it's frozen, that's it. There we go. There's got to be one in a crowd. Okay. (laughs) Preacher didn't think of that one. I can walk on water. Yeah, I bet you can. Yeah, it was frozen. Never thought of that one. All right. So anyhow, when it's, when it's in Israel and it's the Sea of Galilee, then it's, and, it's, and it's not frozen, okay? All right, we have, how many people do we know have walked on water? Just Peter and Jesus. So many times we think of this situation with Peter. We say, oh, Peter sank. No, Peter walked on water. And, and, and that's pretty good company, Jesus and Peter walking on water. So, Master, he says, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. Now, you see, many times people have impressions. I think God wants me to do this. I think God wants me to do that. And Peter, there's a clarification here. Peter says, Jesus, if it's you. You see, not every thought that comes into our mind is God. <laughs> All right? To do really stupid stuff, I think I should sell everything I have and move to Israel. Okay, I think you should check this out. <laughs> you know? I think, I think God wants me... No, you've got to check it. God, if this is really you, I want... You know, I need your help. Now, we had a lady in our church, uh, Florence Byers. She was a missionary to Japan. And she was there for 52 years. And at 18 years of age... She's been dead now how many years? I mean, what year was she born? You don't remember? No, I mean, she would be close to 100 now. So she was probably born. So she was, she was in Japan before the Second World War. All right? 
So when she left Johnstown, or Chambersburg is where she lived, when she left Chambersburg to go to Japan as a missionary, she didn't know the language, and she had to take a boat that took her a month to get there. So here's an 18-year-old, 20-year-old teenager, young woman, hearing God's call to go to Japan and become a missionary. And she had a contact there, and she didn't know the language. So there are times that things like this happen, and she spent 52 years of her life there. And when World War II came, she was kicked out of the country because she was an American. So where did she go? She went to Hawaii and worked in the camps with the Japanese people. And then she was the first non-military person back into Japan. She had a letter signed by MacArthur that she could go in, yeah, General MacArthur, that she could go back in and start serving the people. So there are times that these things happen, but there has to be a clarification And see, she jumped out of the boat big time to leave everything she knew and to go someplace that she knew very little about but was a call upon her heart and life. And there are these things that happen. There are people, I remember a few years ago, there were individuals that felt that they were to be missionaries to China. And this is back when it was very, very communistic and and no U.S. citizen was to go in. But they felt that they were to be missionaries to China, so they went to school and learned the language, learned everything, and as soon as the doors opened, they were the first in because they had prepared for a call that they knew would happen. See, these things do happen. So there are times that God says, get out of the boat. (laughs) But there are sometimes what we're just, we have thoughts that are just a little off and we need to pray about them and ask God for clarification and Jesus answered Peter if it's you if it's you call me to come the the great thing here is Peter knew Jesus and Peter knew the voice of God he knew the voice of Jesus if you have children there's 50 kids crying you can tell if yours is (laughs) you can hear their voice you hear them because you're attuned to that voice and Peter heard the voice of Jesus and see in our relationship with God that's what we're after we want to God we know his voice and if God is the one speaking to us we are able then to say well yes it's okay Jump out of the boat. If it's me, you know, courage to come. Prove it. He said, Master, if it's you, come, call me to come to you. He says, okay, come. And when he did, <laughs> we'd say that perhaps Peter's the only one in the boat that had faith. I don't know. They all had faith, but they never thought of getting out of the boat. How many things in our life, the answers are there, we just haven't thought of them. Sometimes crises forces us to look at things from a different perspective. The disciples, the rest of the disciples were glad that Jesus was there. They weren't going to drown, but they didn't have any idea of getting out of the boat. But Peter, being this impetuous person, what does he do? If it's you, Jesus, let's get out of the boat. 
So Peter saw Jesus on the water, heard Jesus say, come, and Peter believed that with Jesus nothing is impossible. So would we get out of the boat? Well, hopefully not on a whim. And no, we wouldn't do it on a test either. You know, not trying to test Jesus. You know, well, I think we need to put Jesus to a test. If he really loves me, make him do this, you know. And then after you get that, you say, well, that really isn't enough. I mean, to me, God, Jesus, is this really you, you know, may a horn honk three times. I'll get out of the boat if, <laughs> you, know, we, you know, we put all these little things out there. No, hear the know the voice, and, and God doesn't cause us to jump out of boats. He causes us to hear his voice and know his voice. And when we know his voice, being able to walk with him is much easier. Would we get out of the boat? Well, Jesus, if it is you, if it is you, really you, call me to come. But the rest of the disciples, they didn't see it that way. So Peter, he got out of the boat. And he got out because he heard the voice of God speak to him. This is the way, walking in it. You know, the Bible, scriptures tell us about these things. Walking in the way of truth. Walking in the way of life. Peter didn't hesitate. He jumped. You know, if that had been me, I'd have been there. Think, it, think it's hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it thin ice? <laughs> and, you know, how thick is this ice? <laughs> you know, I'd have been, you know, but Peter, it says, the message Bible says, jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. He heard the word, he believed the word, he responded to the word, he jumped. And he walked on the water to Jesus. How far away he was, I don't know. Uh, whether it was 10 feet or 30 yards or 5 feet, whatever it was, he jumped out of the boat and he walked to, he walked to Jesus. But another reality settled in. We're always struggling with realities. The reality of our faith and the reality of our circumstances. <laughs> and Peter began to realize he's in a place that he's never been before. In fact, no one's ever been here before. I'm standing by Jesus and I'm standing on the water. <laughs> but the water's churning underneath me. So when he's looking at Jesus, he's not aware of the surroundings. But when he gets there, he becomes more aware, like, what do I do now? I was going to uh, get a piece of tape, you know, put it across the platform here, you know, duct tape. I didn't do it, but I'm going to pretend, okay? Okay, I got duct tape across here. Duct tape's how, how wide? Well, we get the wide kind, three inches. Can any of us walk on three inches of duct tape? And I'm sure all of us pretty well could do that. Now, let's take that three inches and put it between two sky, sky, skyscrapers 30 stories in the air and walk between them. I ain't doing that. 
And that's what happens in our life. It is, has it changed? Has it changed any from three inches on the carpet to three inches? In, yeah, it's still the same three inches. It's just what's underneath that changes. And sometimes in our life, it's that way that God has a way of working in our life. And we're, we're fine walking with God in everyday life. And we may be walking, you know, the, um, in the, in the uh, Olympics when the girls and men are doing the uh, parallel, the beam, walking on the beam. You know, they start with the beam just being on the floor. But it's still a beam, and they walk on the beam. But you take that beam up four or five feet, everything changes. And in our life, sometimes, is it hard to walk with Jesus? Well, not when we're on dry land. <laughs> Why should it be any different on the Sea of Galilee? And this is what Jesus challenges us with. That the circumstances, the sea or the land, are really not that important. Our focus on God is. And... Peter began to feel the wind, perhaps the waves splashing against his feet, and he lost his focus. He was on the scenic route. <laughs> distracted by life, distracted by failures, distracted by our past, distracted by what's going to happen. Distractions always come. And Jesus heard Peter's request. When he became distracted, he began to sink. And this is, and again, what happens in our life? Very real things. We are confronted with very real circumstances, and we have a very real God. We have very real problems. We have a very real faith. And the two of them come together in our daily walk. And we choose how we're going to walk with God. And when Peter began to sink, Jesus didn't go, well, I don't think you should have come out here. <laughs> Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down, grabbed him his hand, and Jesus said, faint heart, what got into you? Faint heart, what got into you? What gets into us that we lose focus? The perspective of where we are, we are with Jesus. No, I'm on the water, but I'm on the water with Jesus. Hmm. So this was not a criticism of Peter, but of how that the wind and the waves can challenge us and how that we think about our life and where we're at and what's going on. And verse 32 and verse 33 says, The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Now, do you pat Peter on the back? Wow, that was great. Or do you criticize him for, you're all wet? <laughs> do we pat Peter on the back? Wow, what was it like to walk on water? Or do we say, Peter, I knew you would sink. <laughs> you know? And that's the realities that we live in. I knew it wouldn't, I knew it wouldn't work. I was sitting by people today at, at, at breakfast, and uh, 
And I don't know how, because they were so, I mean, they hated their work. They hated what they did. And nothing was ever going to work out. And it was the bottom of the barrel. And it was never, they don't get this and they don't get that. And it's like, I got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was paying to get out of the restaurant. You know, my breakfast, I pay for it, you know. And uh, I was leaving, and the, the lady says, wow, that was quick today. And I almost said, I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I had to get out of the boat. <laughs> I had to get out of here. It was so ne negative and critical. I couldn't even finish my, my studying and reviewing. It was just that negative. I was going to turn around and tell them, get out of the boat, you know. Jump ship, do something, sink, but just don't lay there and wallow. So how many events does it take to make our life change? How many lessons does it take for us to change? Every time we hear the word, every time we read the word, every time we pray, Every time we ask God for direction and ask Him for His blessing, ask Him for His guidance, every time we have incremental changes. Because God has a purpose in our life. God has a way of working in our life. And we need to realize how much God wants to do with us. And thou art Peter. And upon this rock, this truth that you have revealed, that flesh and blood didn't give to you, God gave it to you, and it's on this truth, I'm going to build my church. <laughs> Peter wasn't even anywhere near being that man at that point. It would take years. In our lives, God has a purpose. God has a plan. We're not anywhere near what the promise he has given to us in our heart. But we need to keep on grow growing, keep on going. The disciples looked The disciples looked to be leaders in a new kingdom. They thought of themselves, and they saw what Jesus was doing, and they were going to sit on his right and his left. But when the crucifixion came, it all fell apart. But when the resurrection came, it all came back together with a whole new perspective. And that's our life. We have the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives, and we may be disappointed with this and that, but don't get upset with it. We still have to get out of the boat, hear the voice of God, do it this way, hear the voice of God, clarify, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come to you, and then jump out of the boat. See what God will do. I came across this prayer. Let's stand. It was, a, it, was in, it was in a devotional that I was reading on the, uh, from Bible Gateway. So if you want to go there. It says, my child, your faith will soar when you look up to me and let go of what you see in the natural world. Don't you know by now that I will do the supernatural for you if you will allow me to? You no longer have to be controlled by your circumstances. You can choose to live fueled by faith in me starting today. What you see on this earth may cause you to lose hope, but your trust in me will free you from your fear and doubt. Faith in me will give you the power to preserve, to persevere with passion and purpose. 
I want you to learn that what I say and do can never be shaken or taken without your permission. Now, breathe in my presence, my child, and choose to never again doubt in the darkness what you know to be true in the light of my truth. <laughs> it had, this prayer had nothing to do with, didn't read it, they didn't go together, <laughs> but they did. And what God has shown us, you see, Peter knew the voice of Jesus. He knew it in the light of their everyday life. And in the darkness of the night, he knew the voice of Jesus. And in our darkness, never doubt what God has given us in the light of our everyday walk with him. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. God, giving us your truths and your spirit and your love to challenge us, change us, empower us. And sometimes we become impulsive and jump out of the boat. Whatever it may be, O oh God, let us, let us hear your voice. Know your voice. Respond in faith. Touch us now, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't rock the boat. <laughs>